Welcome back to From the Edge. My name is Aditya Parakat, and I'm an associate in the corporate and security section here at Mints. Mints is a nationally recognized law firm focused on helping emerging growth companies achieve success. Check us out at mintsedge.com. We have with us today David Bondraj, who is the founder and CEO of Startup Space. David, hi. Welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Maybe tell us a bit about your company? Absolutely. Thank you, Aditya, for having me here. And uh, thank you also for the opportunity to talk about uh, Startup Space. I started Startup Space about 16 months ago uh, when I found that there was a need to find resources in my local community. And I found that to be extremely hard. And I thought there has to be a better way to be able to find uh, resources and help within your local community. So. So that's uh, the reason why I started Startup Space, and I'm excited to be here today to share a few of my thoughts around how I started my business, and uh, hopefully somebody listening to this can benefit from it. Great. Now, most people listening won't know this, but David and I actually know each other from college. David was my senior back when we were both studying physics at the University of Delhi in India. David, back then, did you ever think that this is something you would end up doing? being an entrepreneur in Florida? Yeah, so first, yes, where we have that common thread. Uh, and those were great days, uh, as you'll agree. Uh, we had a lot of fun. But uh, in terms of the specificity of this job or this uh, business, no. Whether I would have been an entrepreneur, I think, yes, from the very beginning, even during my Stephanian days, uh, you know, being involved in the college activities and other things, I uh, I had that entrepreneurial mindset, which is no matter where you are, you always take the initiative to uh, go and uh, be a self-starter. So whatever needs to get done, you get done. And I think I always had that, um, that mindset. So uh, I wouldn't have guessed I would be doing this, but uh, I also don't think that this is the last business I'll start. So, you know, five years from now, there might be another business that I'm working on. And what about your immediate past life working with Nielsen? I know you spent several years with them. Did you always feel the bug or the itch to start something on your own? Well, yes and no. The The no is that when I was at Nielsen, I uh, did everything entrepreneurial. Uh, I did it with an entrepreneur's mindset. So no, because I was already doing those things. Yes, because eventually I got that bug after being there for seven years. But during my time there, I... I think I had six different roles in seven years. And that's because I was always taking the initiative to uh, learn, find new ways to do things, and then move to a different part of the business. So I was able to uh, to experience different aspects of my uh, abilities. And so it was entrepreneurial in that sense. Uh, but then eventually I got the bug to say, you know, I got to quit my job and start my own venture. So in June of last year, I actually uh, took the plunge again. Great. So tell us about your company, Startup Space. What services do you offer to first-time entrepreneurs looking to get something off the ground? And who's your target audience? Yeah. So the way Startup Space works is it connects people in their local community to resources, resource providers, activities, events, etc. in their local community. So think of this as if you had a physical space that helped connect the entire community and then you virtualized it. 
So all the services, let's say if you walked into an entrepreneurship center, all virtualized so that it can have maximum reach and allow people who are doing home-based businesses, um, influencers or entrepreneurs who are uh, starting out with just a one-man band or somebody who's got a second job, they don't have the luxury of having of being able to go to an entrepreneurship center or go to where the resource is. Our platform takes that physical local community and virtualizes it. And to this day, it's a free service for entrepreneurs across the country. Our clients, however, are those entrepreneurship centers. So they are the people who already have some services they offer into the community and our platform enables them by giving them a virtual platform to reach maximum audience and then they pay us a platform as a service model so a pass service fee to be able to use startup space to have a virtual platform for their entrepreneurship center so they are the clients and the entrepreneurs are their clients but for us they are the end users who get the platform for free i see so then you deal with a mix of both first-time and repeat entrepreneurs who are looking for help with their next project. Is that correct? That's correct. And how's the company been doing? Do you find that there's a market for this model that you've created? Yeah, so there's various stages of starting a business. You have the, the ideation, then you have the prototyping, um, then you have your first client or pilot, and then uh, you basically have the customer discovery and then validation. We're now finally past all of those stages. We're actually in revenue and we're, we're uh, just past profitability. So we make more money than we spend, uh, which is a key milestone for any business that's trying to be sustainable. Uh, and uh, throughout this journey, it's been incredible. We've really used the lean methodology to start this business, as in uh, put the customer at the center of your journey and make sure that you're not building everything that you think that the customer needs, but use the voice of the customer to be able to uh, to be able to figure out what the market wants. And that's a very lean approach. So you're not like spending hundreds of hours of development time. Instead, you're launching to the market and letting the market decide what products and services they want and then being able to go back and build it. And how did you hit upon this approach? Is the lean approach something you would recommend to other entrepreneurs? So the the secret, uh, I don't know if people talk about it in these terms, but the secret to a successful entrepreneur is the willingness to constantly learn, right? And so what I know today, I didn't know, you know, 15 months back. But as I decided to go on this journey, I started learning about how people start businesses. I listened to about one audiobook a week um, or two weeks max, but I've probably read in the last 14 months uh, maybe 20 audiobooks about various aspects of starting a business. And so it's part of reading, learning, and then putting that right into action and then picking other books to learn based on the stage of your business. This idea, though, of lean startup is something that I had from my days at Nielsen. So I'm a certified Lean Six Sigma black belt. So I have uh, already the, the lean education and that's something that um, I got when I was at Nielsen that allowed me to decide when I was gonna start my business that I wanna do it with the lean methodology. Um, so incorporating past learnings, always learning. And I tell myself, it's really what you don't know 
that's going to affect you. What you know, you can already make uh, make sure that you have pieces in place to protect things you already know, right? So constant education, I think every successful entrepreneur, the one secret that's common across all of them is the willingness to learn, the willingness to quickly fail, and the willingness to make very quick decisions and not try to make sure that you have all of the data points or all of the facts to make a good decision. You'll never have everything you need to make a decision. So you got to go with what your instincts are or what the data tells you, learn if it's right, keep doing it. If it's wrong, quickly pivot and keep doing that. So that's, those are all like good hallmarks of, of entrepreneurship, being able to learn and pivot along the journey. Well, you're certainly doing something right. I believe your company has been around for only seven or eight months. Uh, so no, we've been around for 14 months. 14 months. But to achieve profitability in 14 months is still quite an achievement. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Especially in the SaaS or the past business in software, you spend the first couple of years building and validating. We kind of started validating while we were building. So we were able to cut that cycle in half. So in that context, if I came to you as a first time entrepreneur, David, tell me the top three things that you think I should keep in mind as I start on this journey. So the first thing I would say is there are no good or bad ideas, right? The idea that you feel passionate about and you think there is a market for, uh, go with that idea. The, the way you get a good idea is to write down every idea you ever come across and ask yourself three, yourself three things about that idea. Is this idea something that I am going to add value to, as in it's not just a repeatable product, it's not something that already exists in the market, but I've taken something that exists in the market and I've added value to change the nature of the product. So have I done that? Second, do I know if there is a customer for that product, as in is there a market? And third, can I go and at least validate with one customer or a few customers if they're willing and able to pay for the product? So if you can validate those three things, you know, an idea that is new or an idea that you can add to and make better and bring to market. Second, is there a market? And third, if you know the market, if there is a market, go find that customer and ask them to pay you or the willingness to pay for it. If you can validate those three things, you have an idea. So that's step one. You got to have an idea that works. Second, go build a minimum viable product. A minimum viable product is not the smallest version of the product. A minimum viable product is the smallest version of your idea. So for example, if you're trying to build up an app for a valet service, the minimum viable product is not an app with fewer features. The minimum viable product is a Excel spreadsheet where you can keep track of all the people who are paying you for your car service, and you can actually write down the parking spots where you put the cars away. That's the minimum viable product because it validates the idea that people want to use you to park their cars. So come up with the MVP or the minimum viable product. And the third thing is to launch it into the market with your MVP, with that Excel spreadsheet. Let the customers tell you what it is that they want. Um, I might have pivoted maybe like 100 times in 14 months from my original idea to the point where I still don't have a business plan. I tell people, don't ever write a business plan. It's useless the moment you write it. Rather, go sit with the customer and let the customer tell you what it is that they want. Ask them a few more questions to make sure you clearly understand what they want and then go build it. They will pay you for it. And then you will be able to find other people since one person bought, replicate that. And keep listening and keep building based on what the customer is telling you. So if you can do those three things, first, find a good idea, make build an MVP, 
and find a customer and sell it to them and listen to them to find what else to build. You can have a lean startup where you're not investing a lot of time and money building this Cadillac in a garage when people just wanted a radio flyer, right? So think lean and you'll be able to start a business with a lot of resources. 90 plus percent of business will fail in like the first five years. So failure should not be your hallmark. It's the methodology and the process that you should really focus on because one might be a bad idea due to timing or to luck or so many other factors that you can't control. But if you can get the process right, you will eventually hit an idea that works and can make you a lot of money. So that's my two cents. That's how I've started this business. And that's what I tell everybody who comes to me about starting a business. So in a nutshell, you make an MVP and then you make the customer the MVP as well. Now, um, explain something to me, David. The example you gave where you have just an Excel spreadsheet, how would you go and test it in the market? Wouldn't you need to have a demo of some kind to show customers? Or would you just go with mock-ups of what the app might look like? So the example I gave you was for car valet service, right? Your customers don't care about an app. Your customers care about having their cars uh, picked up on time, parked in a secure place, and delivered back to them promptly when they need it. They don't care about an app. Most people mistake the app as the product. The product is actually the valet service. So if you can figure out what your actual product is and build an MVP for the product, you will save yourself a lot of time and money of building an app. Because once you validate the valet service, if you find that there are four other customer, uh, four other valet services in the city, guess what? You haven't invested a lot of time and money in building an app when you really need to find out if there's competition, if there's customer validation. So eventually you will end up building an app once you have a good clientele, right? But the app is just a nice feature, a nice to have that they will like. But if you don't have customers, there's no point in having an app. So when you think of building a product, you got to think about what it is that you're actually, what is the value you're creating? Not how the value is being delivered. The app is the delivery mechanism for the product. But if the product is not solid and if there isn't a market for the product, the delivery mechanism will not change the market. Does that make sense? If there aren't enough people who want valet services, having an app doesn't change that. But if there are enough people who want valet services and they trust you with their cars, giving them an app will enhance the experience and maybe get a little bit more market share. But that core business is, do you know how to park a car? Do you know where to park a car? Can you get it back and forth promptly? Now, there are businesses where the app itself is a product. Like, so for example, the startup space, our product was an app because we said that an app will help connect resources better. So when we built our MVP for the app, we had one feature, one feature. Today, we have over 25 features on our platform. We launched our app with one feature, validated that that was true, and then the customers told us what the remaining 24 were versus me guessing 25 different products and then building costing us about $50,000 and then nobody wants it, right? So that's the key is to make sure that you build the product that you think customers want, take it to the market, validate it. Then the customers will tell you how that experience can be better. Well, thank you so much, David. It was such a pleasure having you here. Um, well, no, I, I love this opportunity to share a little bit about uh, Startup Space and uh, connect with you and you know do a podcast with you. I think uh, between two Stefanians, I think that's a pretty solid job. So I'm excited to be doing this with you. And uh, if people want to find out more about us, they can go to startupspace.us or they can go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download Startup Space. That's the app, Startup Space. 
And it's a free app, so you won't have to pay for anything, and it'll connect you with your local community. Thanks again, David. I'm Aditya Parakat, and thank you all for listening to another episode of From the Edge.